Okay, we are going to be reading from the message from John chapter 1, 1 to 14. And uh, yeah, go ahead. The word was first, the word present to God, God present to the word. The word was God in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. And now we're going to light the fifth candle, the Christ candle. The lifelight blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. There once was a man, his name John, sent by God to point out the way to the light life. He came to show everyone where to look and who to believe. John was not himself the light. He was there to show the way to the light. The life light was the real thing. Every person entering life, he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was there through him. And yet the world didn't even notice. He came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God selves. These are the God begotten, not blood begotten, not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. All right, everybody, uh, we're going to do our communion together. Um, we have waited for five services, four weeks, however we want to look at it, to um, experience this together again. So I want to give you time, if you missed the message or if you forgot, to get just four small objects that you can hold in your hand. It can really be anything. I've got like, I, I suggested diamonds or buttons. If you've got a lot of diamonds, go ahead and use that. But I mean, dabbers from my art room, paper punch, rocks, little stars, Lego, just four different objects that you can hold. We're gonna be doing um, uh, kind of a embodied practice together as we come to the communion table and then as well your, your communion elements. So if you want, um, while you are getting those things, if you need to, we just finished our four weeks of Honest Advent and I wanted to begin by reading this poem by Liesl Graham, just about um, an honest Christmas. I've carried a young poem in my hands for days now, but in this year where I've had to strike rocks in the desert just to taste a drop of water, I have nothing left to make it holy. These words in my cupped hands, nothing to dress it up with. Somewhere between March and September, I ran out of gold, frankincense and myrrh Still, this poem wants life, wants to bring red velvet hope where there is straw. And a friend said to me as I undressed my heart, 
have a gentle Christmas and may it be honest. So I'm holding this up instead, this word, honest, lifting it high above my life tonight, a star, a compass, not merry nor bright, but a small light nonetheless. May all your days be honest and may you be honest about all your days. So what we're gonna create here is an honest confession of the year that has been. So I want you to grab the first item. And in a way, these could align with the waiting, accepting, journeying and birthing. But I'm gonna be using um, specific, specific words for them. And so I want you to grab one item and that this item is gonna represent the joy that you've experienced this past year. So I want you to grab that item and I want you to hold it in your hand. And I want you to just feel it, notice it. Think about the joy of the past events in this past year, a good moment, maybe a bunch of good moments. Notice the pictures and stories that arise for you. Where do you notice the joy in your body? Where do you wish that you felt joy in your body? Maybe you wish the joy would turn it down a bit in certain places. I invite you just to be present to the memories of joy that has happened in the past year and place it on the table in front of you. Next, we're gonna grab the next item. And this item is gonna represent our grief and our loss. The things that have been difficult that have happened in the past year. I invite you to notice the object, feel it, hold it. Notice the pictures in the story that arises for you when you think about your grief or your loss. I invite you to pay attention to where that grief shows up in your body. Where do you wish you felt it? Where have you felt it enough already? invite you just to take a breath and be present with the grief and the loss that has happened in this past year. And I invite you to put a sat on the table. The next item I'd like you to hold, and this is going to represent our anxiety, which is things that we're nervous about that haven't yet happened. Future fears, future things we're anxious about. Again, I want you to notice the pictures or the story that you're telling yourself. Where does that fear or anxiety show up in your body? I invite you just to place a hand on that and just be present with it and notice it. Where do you wish you felt it? Where have you had quite enough of it? Thank you very much. 
I invite you to just take a breath and acknowledge those future expectations that feel less than ideal and put your object on the table. The last object is gonna represent our hope. The future expectations that we are maybe looking forward to, that we are awaiting with positive feelings or with at least a happy unknown. Notice the object, feel the weight of it in your hand. Notice the pictures, the story that arises within you. Where do you notice this future hope in your body? Where do you wish you felt it? Maybe you notice hope always shows up somewhere in your body and you wish it would show up somewhere else. invite you to take just a breath and acknowledge the hope and the expectation that we are bringing to the coming year and place it on the table. I'm going to, in, I'm going to just read from Isaiah 43, 1-3. Um, we've lit the Christ candle today. And I think that the thought of God with us, God showing up as a baby to be loved, to be cared for, to be human, to be with us in every sense, has been a really important aspect that I've needed to hold on to as all of the unexpected unexpecteds have shown up over and over and over again this year. So let's just um, take this as a, reminder of God with us in our eating, in our sleeping, in our drinking, in our remembering, in our joy, God in our grief, God in our anxiety, God in our hope, God in our past, in our present, and in our future. But this is what the Lord says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I invite you to partake of your communion with me. Amen.
Thank you, Karina. She is now moving and uh, has gone to um, be an angel. We are about to tell the story. So uh, I'm going to highlight a few people. Um, if you are part of telling the story, I would love you to unmute right now. And Sylvia is now highlighted. She is our narrator for this evening. Um, let's just let me get myself organized. It's, it's hard because when we were practicing this, I had just the people who were doing it on my screen. And now I have a zillion others. So if I'm slow getting somebody up there, please be patient. I will do my best. We've never told the story like this before. We've always had actors and I've thrown costumes at them last minute. We did actually practice this. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay, Sylvia, take it away. Elizabeth is six months pregnant. The angel had told Zechariah that even though they were old, they would have a son and he would be called John and be the one who would fulfill the prophecy, making the way for the Lord. Six months after that conversation in the temple between Gabriel and Zechariah, the heavenly messenger Gabriel was sent from God again, this time to a young engaged girl in Nazareth a rural town in Galilee. Greetings. You are favored and the Lord is with you. And also with you. Among all women on the earth, you have been blessed. What? Who are you? Where did you come from? What's going on? What do you mean? Sorry, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Listen, you are going to become pregnant. You will have a son and you must name him Savior or Jesus. Jesus will become the greatest among men. He will be known as the son of the highest God. God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over the covenant family of Jacob forever. But I've never been with a man. How can this be possible? Uh, good point. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And, and also with you. The Most High will overshadow you. That's why this holy child will be known, and not just as your son, but also as the Son of God. It sounds impossible, but listen. You know your relative Elizabeth has been unable to bear children and is now far too old to be a mother. Yet she has become pregnant as well, as God willed it. Yes, in three months she will have a son. So the impossible is possible with God. Mary thought it over and decided in her heart what she must do. Here I am, the Lord's humble servant. As you have said, let it be done to me. And the heavenly messenger was gone. Mary immediately got up and hurried to the hill country in the province of Judah, where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Elizabeth felt her baby leap in her womb when Mary entered their home, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth shouted her praise, and Mary responded in song. I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one good look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm 
and showed his strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. Mary stayed with Elizabeth in Judea for the next three months and then returned to her home in Galilee where her fiance, Joseph, was waiting for her. That's Mary. Hi, Mary. I see her coming down the road. I've missed her these past three months. But, but wait, there's something different about her. Um, is she, hold on a sec. Uh, Joseph, I need to tell you something. Yeah, I think maybe you do. Uh, I'm gonna have a baby. I can see that. What happened? Oh Lord, what am I gonna do? Mary was engaged to marry Joseph, but they weren't married yet, and here she was, pregnant, well before their wedding date, and clearly nothing to do with Joseph. What was he going to do? What am I going to do? I have to spare Mary the shame of it. I don't want to embarrass her. I'll just call it off. I'll break the engagement quietly. Lord, what am I going to do? Joseph must have agonized over what he should do. He went to sleep thinking about it. He must just let her go quietly, he thought, and break the engagement. Oh, the shame of it. Joseph drifted off to sleep. But that night, a messenger from the Lord appeared to him in his dream. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to marry Mary and bring her into your home and family as your wife. She did not sneak off and sleep with someone else. Rather, she conceived the baby she now carries through the miraculous wonder working of the Holy Spirit. She will have a son and you will name him Jesus, which means the Lord saves because this Jesus is the person who will save all of his people from sin. Joseph woke from his dream. <clears throat> oh, oh, okay. Uh, I guess plan B. Um, I will marry Mary. <laughs> I'll move her in. We'll figure this out. Scrap what I said yesterday. I've got to do what the angel told me. Nearly six months passed. Well, old friend, we have a journey to make. I'm going to need your help. Mary's very pregnant, as you know, and we have to go to Bethlehem for the census. Let's imagine donkeys can talk. It's a stretch, <laughs> but go on. Just imagine. Hey, Joseph, I've got this. I can carry Mary. I'm strong like an ox. Get ready. Let's go. Thanks, friend. Let's get packed up. <laughs> and the little family packed the belongings they'd need for the long journey and set off to Bethlehem with everyone else who is headed there for the census. Now, the story doesn't say Mary rode on the donkey or if there was an innkeeper. It doesn't say it was an inn or that the place they were given to stay was a stable. It doesn't say very much, really. But the legends have grown over time. So let's cut to a fictitious, but potentially real innkeeper. 
Yes. Can I help you? Do you have any room? Uh, nope. <sighs> he moves close the door, but Joseph holds it open. Wait, please. Do you not have anything at all? My wife is very pregnant with her firstborn, but I must find her somewhere to rest. It's been such a long journey. Well, let me think. There is a place where we bed down the animals for night. We could squeeze you in there. Although I see she's pretty big. It's the <laughs> census, you see, and everyone is in town tonight. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. A stable would be a a stable would be a palace compared to another night in this cold open air. Joseph, it's time. The baby's coming. Okay, I'm here. We've got this. We've got this, right? <laughs> While in Bethlehem, she went into labor and gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped the baby in a blanket and laid him in a feeding trough because the inn had no room for them. Nearby, in the fields outside of Bethlehem, a group of shepherds were guarding their flocks from predators in the darkness of night. Okay, I'm turning in. I'm handing over the watch to you. It's all quiet tonight. The wolves are staying away. Sounds good, my friend. Sleep well. Hope you fall asleep before you count even 10 sheep. <laughs> you know that's not funny, right? Good night. <laughs> Suddenly, a messenger of the Lord stood in front of them, and the darkness was replaced by a glorious light, the shining light of God's glory. They were terrified. What's, What's going, going on? on? Who, Who are, are you? you? Why, Why is, is it light? light? Where, Where did you, you come, come from? from? Ah! Don't be afraid. Listen. I bring good news, news of great joy, news that will affect all people everywhere. Today, in the city of David, a liberator has been born for you. And also with you! Michael! He is the promised anointed one, the supreme authority. You will know you have found him when you see a baby wrapped in a blanket lying in a feeding trough. At that moment, the first heavenly messenger was joined by thousands of other messengers. A vast heavenly choir praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven, peace and goodness to all people on earth. Glory to God, glory to God. Did, did you? you see that? That was so bright. That was so loud. What did he say? To Bethlehem. We have to go to Bethlehem. But what about the sheep? I think we can trust the messengers of God to watch the sheep. Let's rush down to Bethlehem right now. Let's see let's what's e happening. Let's experience what the Lord has told us about. Let's, let's go. go. Ah! <laughs> So they ran into town, and eventually they found what they were looking for. Hey, hey innkeeper, innkeeper, you're, you're the, the only, only one, one with, with your, your lights, lights on, on. And there's, there's a, bit a bit of noise of coming from your animals. animals. Is, there Is there perhaps, perhaps a, baby a baby in there? there? God, God told us about, about a baby, baby that, that we find, find in a feed trough. Baby? 
Yes, there's a baby who has been born here tonight. Come, I'll show you. Come on. And there he was, just like the angels had said, a baby lying in a feeding trough. After they saw the baby, they spread the story of what they had experienced and what had been said to them about this child. Everyone who heard their story couldn't stop thinking about its meaning. Mary, too, pondered all of these events, treasuring each memory in her heart. The shepherds returned to their flocks, praising God for all they had seen and heard, and they glorified God for the way the experience had unfolded, just as the heavenly messenger had predicted. And that's just the start of the story. Okay, here, I'm going back on. And that's that. Wow. Thank you guys. That uh, that was very fun. There were some great comments. That was um, <laughs> the, uh, the the disco angels were all kinds of awesome. <laughs> that was great. And the livestock. I mean, your barring was was sensational. Thank you. <laughs> that uh, that kind of uh, just twenty twenty has been um, has been has been something. And uh, and here we are, back in March when we started meeting together on Zoom. We had no idea. I mean, I thought we'd be back together in eight for Easter. Like that was my like, we'll be cool. We'll be back in Easter. And then I was like, nah. Well, never mind. Easter didn't happen. We'll be back in September. And here it is, Christmas Eve, and we are still meeting like this. Everything feels unexpected right now. We didn't expect to be locked down. We didn't expect to still be meeting like we are. And there are lots of people in the story who had to deal with the unexpected. Elizabeth never expected to have a son. She was super old. Um, they had so long waiting, her and Zechariah. Zechariah didn't expect to meet an angel at his once-in-a-lifetime day in the temple. Mary didn't expect to become pregnant as a young, unwed mother, least of all by the Holy Spirit. Joseph didn't expect his fiancée to become pregnant when it was nothing to do with him. Neither of them expected a long journey to Bethlehem or to end up delivering their son, their precious, precious saviour, in the place where the animal sheltered, rather than back home in Nazareth. The shepherds didn't expect to see the angels, they didn't expect to be the ones to welcome the saviour, and they didn't expect any of it. But God showed up in the middle of the unexpected for them, and I think God shows up in the middle of the unexpected for us. God showed up on the hillside to the shepherds. Scott Erickson described the shepherds as failed nobodies, people who weren't up to doing anything else, who were hired to watch somebody else's sheep. Perhaps we've told and read this story a few too many times to be surprised by it anymore. Like we, we kind of know it too well to have that kind of shock and awe factor. But if we can put on our kind of newbie hats like newbie heads and pretend we've never heard it before it's a really shocking story like there are some really really curious things that go down the absurdity of it all and the possibility of it all is huge it should be both shocking and surprising and it's not how we would have written it it's not how mary and joseph would have written it it's not how um elizabeth and zechariah would have written their story 2020 has not gone the way that we would have written it 
But as I've reflected on this year, I have seen God in the middle of the unexpected. I've seen love, I've seen kindness, I've seen generosity, I've seen people caring for one another, and I've seen that God is with us, working through us and using each of us to be his hands and his feet at different times. God still shows up in unexpected places and um, he still chooses unexpected people. I mean, who'd have thought? Look at us. Like, we're right here. Who'd have thought? But um, we can be together, gathered together uh, at home today, rather than in a church gym or a building or a, anywhere, because Emmanuel, God, is with us. He's been with us all through. Um, and like Mary, we can hide these things in our hearts. And like the shepherds, we can run and tell everybody. There is a prayer that I've been praying each morning through Advent, and it reminds me to look for God to show up in the middle of the unexpected, and it goes like this. Blessed are you, sovereign God of all. To you be praise and glory forever. In your tender compassion, the dawn from on high is breaking upon us to dispel the lingering shadows of night. As we look for your coming among us this day, open our eyes to behold your presence and strengthen our hands to do your will, that the world may rejoice and give you praise. Blessed be God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God forever. Hugh and Pam read at the beginning of John 1 for us, what came into existence was life and the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out. Jesus has given us light to live by. He is the dawn that is breaking upon us. And we welcome here again Christmas Eve and we say, come Lord Jesus, you are very, very welcome. And Eden is going to wrap us up. All right, I just wanna close out our time together with a couple of thoughts and I will be brief. If Christmas is the celebration of anything and we've already covered this by Sarah and Karina, it is the celebration of God coming down into human form, in human form to dwell with us and to establish that he truly is Emmanuel. God with us. It is this truth, God's withness with us, I'm making up words now, withness, that most demonstrates his unending love for us, that exhibits his willingness to come close to us, and that demonstrates the lengths taken to be here right beside us, through thick and thin. I think we will all agree that this has been a thick year. I heard an interesting word picture that described this year as a storm. The point was made that we have all been in this storm together. However, we have not all been in the same boat in this storm. Some of us have been coasting through this storm on a large ship that even might resemble a cruise ship. 
others might be in rowboats, just clinging on for our lives. I think that's a very accurate and illuminating picture that captures one of the factors that has complicated this year for so many. But I want you to each know that no matter how big the ship or small the boat that you have been, that you have found yourself in throughout this storm, Jesus is in your boat with you. I would encourage you to look around and take note like we did during communion of all the ways that he's been there with you. If it seems he's fallen asleep, then maybe go back there and give him a little shake and tell him what you need to say. I'm scared. I'm tired. I'm lonely. I'm broke. I'm sick. I'm frustrated. And then watch how he brings peace to the wind and the waves. I'm not saying that this will be over tomorrow. What I'm saying is that perspective changes when we are aware of Emmanuel with us. Let him speak truth and life and hope and love into your hearts and let it go in way deep in. And I want to leave you with this Christmas blessing. May the infant that was born in a stable, that was heralded by angels and witnessed by shepherds, be the one who is with you no matter the season. May the God who created you be the God who is with you and the God who knows you best. Blessings on each of you as you encounter God with us. Merry Christmas.